Any views or opinions expressed on KUR are not necessarily those of Kutztown University, Kutztown University Student Government, Kutztown University Student Services Incorporated, KUR staff and management or other affiliated organizations. It is time for the High Sports Talk Show in the Northeastern Berks County. This is the Bears Beat. You're home for the best coverage of Kutztown Golden Bear Athletics with news, updates, upcoming events, and upcoming KUR broadcast right here on your sports leader, KUR. This show airs every Friday at 1 p.m. And with that, let's send it down to the McFarland Student Union Broadcasting Studio to join our team of Jack Heim and KUR Sports Coordinator Joshua Too. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the Bears Beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University KUR. This show airs every Fridays at 1 p.m. But due to some scheduling issues, once again, on my part, because apparently now my boss gave me might give me some type of promotion and says I have to come into work early tomorrow, early today, I guess, which is where when this is airing, I, I got to go into work early now and find out my fate, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, this show airs every Friday. We talk about everything Golden Bear Athletics. My name's Joshua Toot. Sitting right across from me is a good friend of mine, Mr. Jack Heim. Jack, great to be here with you. Great week of athletics. And I, I got some stories along the way for you, my friend, that I think you might find pretty... Pretty funny, specifically when we get to football. I have some really good stories for that. It's it's always an adventure when you do an away game. I'll I'll just say that. Yes, sir. Great to be here with you again, Josh. As we do most Fridays, uh, we have a lot to talk about today on the docket: uh, soccer, field hockey, football, the normal things we talk about on this show. And uh, I am excited to hear the stories you have from the adventure that was traveling to Millersville for you. So, oh, I hey, let me tell you, it was it was awesome. But uh, we I would definitely do it again. But it was an adventure, we'll say that. But, uh, yeah, Jack, I mean, you know, let's start off with soccer. And, and really, not much here to talk about. I mean, you know, a f- you know, hats off to them, obviously, for making the playoffs. You know, we knew that last week on our show we announced that. But um, we were still waiting for their final regular season game to uh, be played, and that was against Millersville. And... Um, I'm going to assume you were on hand for that one. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I actually wasn't on hand for that one. Um, so Wow. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. man. Wow. I, I did not know that. Um, but, yeah, Jack, this is a, a game that, you know, the Golden Bears really you, you struggled in. Um, that Millersville game, you know, a, a tie in the end, um, you know, it, it's just a pure factor of, of not playing 90 minutes. Um no, could down at the end of one, one nothing. Um, then two big goals from Millersville in the second half, and Kutztown ties it up uh, through Sadie Go with two goals on the day. You know, hats off to her for an outstanding performance once again. But this is one of those situations that we talk about week in and week out. You know, they have all these opportunities to score, but they just can't capitalize. And I keep giving the same answer again and again, but. I, I mean, looking back on this season, you know, as the season is now over, we'll talk about why. But, you know, they just generated a good scoring opportunities, just couldn't capitalize, you know. And, and that was one of the biggest problems they had, I think, all day. You know, looking at this box score, 
I, I, I really, I, I don't even know why they lost, you know, the, you know, five shots on goal. That's almost, you know, that's, that's a recipe for a win right there. You know, 13 shots in total. That's, that's a recipe for a win. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, you look at this box score. It's one of those typical cases where the box score doesn't really tell the story. You know, it, it slants in Kutztown's favor, but, you know, on the field, Millersville was able to do just enough to come out of way with this one with a draw. Uh, and, you know, end their regular season with a solid enough performance pushing a Kutztown team to the brink. So, you know, just my thoughts on this one is that for for KU, it's, uh, it's a tough pill to swallow here to end the regular season. Look, uh, at home, senior day, and there's a game that you had right in front of you, and you walk up with a draw instead of a win. So, uh, you know, it's a tough, tough one to take, but uh, we'll see how they fared in their playoff matchup, Josh, and uh, we'll get to that one in just a minute. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, realistically speaking, for one of the biggest um, – seniors on the team uh Kayla Argent you know I was definitely a really tough pill for her to swallow because I think in a sense that she had higher expectations for this year coming after last year but I don't think her expectations were met I mean a 9-4-4-8-4-4 in conference is still I would say pretty good but I I think you know we expected a lot more and we we didn't get it um it's just a matter of you can't look back, you can't change anything. It's about how you go after next season. But my heart, you know, feels for players like Kayla Argent. You know, she—that's the one I'm focusing on here. You know, she was one of those big leaders on last year's team and a big leader on this year's team as well. But just couldn't capitalize in the playoffs when the when it really mattered. Um, and it, it just—we'll talk about that game in a little bit. But let's break down some uh, quick statistics here. Um, Millersville, four shots, three on goal. To Kutztown's, 13 shots, five on goal. Millersville, three saves to Kutztown's, one. Corner kicks Millersville with six. Kutztown beat them in that category with nine. Fouls, Kutztown won that battle. Not a good win, but seven fouls to Millersville's, four. And, I mean, we talked about Sadie Go with two goals on, on the day, but, I mean, you have Morgan Winchuk, you know, with a big goal. At the 71, 50 minute mark, and you know, with four minutes left, uh, not even four minutes left to play, about three minutes left to play, Isabella Coy comes up big, you know, with a goal to tie it up, and that's one of those situations, you know, it, it's it's it, that one's really tough to take because that game was in your favor, and you know, three minutes decided you winning that game or getting the tie. But um, Jack, we're going to take a quick break here for the KUR notebook. Uh, attention, KU community, are you ready to get lit 3.0? Come join the Wellbeing Committee on Wednesday, November 16th for an evening full of fun activities. These activities include the annual tree lighting, goat yoga, massages, a silent dance party, making your own sensory box, and much more. Activities begin at 4 p.m. and last throughout the night. We hope you can get lit with us. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. If you're just tuning in, welcome into the Bears Beat. This show airs every Friday at 1 p.m. where we talk about everything Golden Bear Athletics. We break down all the games in the past week, provide our personal insights and opinions, and look forward to the following week. But, Jack, this is the week that, you know, it it seems like all of um, fall sports could be wrapping up here, um, and we're going to be in that that transition period of from fall to winter sports because – you know, I, I did hold out hope for one team, and actually I held out hope for two teams. One I know is going to do very well. One I, I don't know at this moment in time, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, 
you know, some some final thoughts on that Millersville game, Jack. What are you thinking? You know, look, it's it's a game where, like you mentioned, Sadie Good had a really good performance. This team, you know, it's been a little bit of kind of a letdown season for a team that was kind of had aspirations to repeat as East champs. Uh, you know, going in, we knew Westchester was going to be a tough test. We knew Bloomsburg was going to be, you know, right there at the top as well. We thought it was going to be kind of a three-way race, but Kutztown just kind of didn't really have the same juice that they did last year. This team was just so dominant last year in the way they were able to go out there and take care of business. And no disrespect to this year's team, they were a very solid club, uh, and they were third in a very solid East Division. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, for this one, they didn't do enough to get the job done for a win, uh, and they go out there with the tie and get, and get the tie and the draw. So, you know, for me... Uh, kind of embodies how the season's gone for them. Uh, so for me, yeah, they, they were third. They finished third, and they got into their playoff game. We'll talk about that in a minute, like I mentioned earlier. But for this one, uh, tough pill to swallow on senior day. Yeah, um, you know, you always want to win on senior day, and that's that's one of the main points I, you know, I focused on during the football game. But, yeah, let's turn our attention here to that, um, you know, the playoff game against Bloomsburg at Bloomsburg. And, you know, if we thought the senior day – tie was even was bad we you know this is even worse because you know Kutztown played a solid first half 45 minutes no goals and I would even say you know they had an opportunity to get back in that game at Bloomsburg but one late heroic goal by Aubrey Hondras that uh you know put it out of reach for the Golden Bears and you know Bloomsburg obviously handed a first round loss to uh the Golden Bears um you know, at the 63-26 minute mark, uh, Lauren Bull with her third goal on the year, um, got a big goal, and then uh, we talked about Hondras with that big goal at the 83 minute mark. But you know, you know, this is one of those situations as well. You know, the box score doesn't even really tell the real story of the game because this was another situation where Kutstown had a lot of opportunities but just could not capitalize. I'm really looking at that shots department, and you know just Kutztown with 13 shots on goal 13 shots nine on goal you know and Bloomsburg with 22 shots but the only real difference was the shots on goal Bloomsburg had one more than Kutztown so I'm thinking that you know Bloomsburg really dominated most of this game even though the score was only really two nothing I I think most of the offense was going in Bloomsburg's favor and that's the reason that Kutztown got the loss in the first round Absolutely. You know, that first half, it was, you know, 0-0 at the half. Uh, five saves for Emmy Wolfel in half one to uh, three shots on net for Kutztown. Uh, and the second half is really where, uh, where where Bloomsburg took control of this game. Uh, you know, they were able to just impose their will. And as a excuse me, course this game went on, uh, Bloomsburg was able to cash in on their opportunities, and Kutztown wasn't. That's simply the end. That's, you know, the long and short of it. Uh, you know, it's 63rd minute goal for Lauren Bull, like you mentioned, and then Hondras puts it away in the 83rd minute, make it 2 nothing. And look, you know, we mentioned this cuts down offense. They've struggled to score goals all year. A recurring theme in their three matchups against Bloomsburg, they didn't score a single goal, and they got outscored 4 nothing in all three of those games combined. It was two one nothing losses, you know, in the regular season and then here in the postseason. Bloomsburg gets the best of KU again, 2 nothing. So they will be going on to the second round, uh, the, the semifinals, excuse me, uh, to take on Gannon, the one seed out of the West. That's 3 p.m. Uh, today. So that is uh, an interesting, interesting matchup to look at. Uh, and, you know, we're one step closer to crowning a PSAC champion. And unfortunately, that doesn't see Kutztown involved in the festivities. So, uh, you know, tough pill to swallow, tough way to end your season. But, you know, again, I'd say it's a little bit of a letdown year, like I mentioned earlier. But, you know, there's still some, there's still some things to be proud of with this group. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, with a with a with a nine five and four record, eight four and four. I I mean, I would definitely be proud of that. You know, that's that's over five hundred winning. Um, that's a positive. You know, you had you had a couple big games. You know, that really put a lot of momentum in your favor. The only problem was they just couldn't hold on to the momentum. Exactly, and it's another year in the postseason. I mean, every year you yeah. go to the postseason, it's a successful year. You know, the goal is always to win the championship when you get to the postseason. But look. You know, building up consecutive years, year after year after year, you're going to the postseason. That's going to really be an attraction point for a lot of recruits. They're going to look at this program and say, look, this has been a program that's been successful for years and years and years now. Right? They've been getting to the postseason regularly. That's a program that, you know, if I'm a really good player, I can go here and make a difference with this team and bring them over the top and get them a championship. Uh, so that's really an attractive point on the recruiting trail uh, for this program. But you know, Coach Bergstein's got these, got these, uh, he's got this program in good shape. I really think he does. He's done a really fantastic job. He got a milestone win this year uh, with career to win, I believe, two hundred at KU. So he's an incredible coach, and he, I think, I believe with full confidence, will have this team ready for next year. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, when you when you go into a season like this, you lost a lot of key players from last postseason to this postseason. I think, you know, of course, you returned Kale Arch, and you know, that's that's the star of the team, but. You know, one thing I want to talk about is in, in the past two games, at least, Kayla Arjun didn't even score a goal. She didn't even have an assist, which is uh, honestly quite shocking. I, I don't know what was going on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 another heartbreaker. Um, let's review some team statistics before we give our final opinions and then go to our first break on the show. Uh, Kutztown. 13 shots, 9 on goal. Did Bloomsburg's 22-10 on goal. Saves Kutztown with 8 and Bloomsburg with 9. Corner kicks, Bloomsburg led that one 8-5. to five. And fouls, Kutztown led that to 5-3. And, and Jack, I mean, you, you know, we, we talked about, we really said it the best we could. You know, this, this is another heartbreaker, but there's a lot of positives. But just one outtake that you can take from, not only this game, but this season, and put it towards next year. Look, you're bringing back, you know, Kayla's going to be gone, and she was such an impactful player for this group. Uh, but, look, there's a lot of these players that are going to be, you know, coming back, I think. So a lot of the impact players in this team should be here. I mean, Isabella Rossetti, for one, is an example. She'll, she'll be coming back only a junior. Uh, had a pretty solid impact in this team, was second in the team in goals. So this is going to be, a, you know, next year she's going to have to take a leadership role even further. Uh, you know, look, this team is going to have some key players coming back, like I already mentioned. Uh, you know, some of the, some new additions could be in store uh, to be impact new pieces. But I have full confidence, like I mentioned earlier, that this team will be right there competing uh, in the East Division and be, you know, in the fight for a playoff spot uh, next year, uh, despite the key departure of Kayla Argent. So I think this team will be fine. But in terms of the on-play, uh, on-field play, uh Look, you know, third in the East, that's nothing to be disappointed in. Bloomsburg and Westchester are two very solid programs. They had very, very solid teams this year. If you take one look at Westchester's record, you know how good of a squad they are. And we played them, we played them tight a couple times, I would say. So, you know, and Bloomsburg as well. So, I mean, there's really nothing to be disappointed in. Would you love to win? Of course. Everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to be crowned the champion. That's the, that's the reason you play sports. Uh, you want to be on top, uh, you know on top of the great memories that you make with your teammates and friends and all that other stuff that makes sports just a fantastic thing. But at the end of the day, you want to be a champion. Uh, and I think this group's going to be hungry next year. They're going to realize, you know, this year we had our chances. 
couldn't cash in. We were right there with the good teams, but you know, take this as a developmental year and you know, find a way to take a step forward next year. So there's a lot to look forward to with this team. I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, I, I mean, you worded it very well. But, um, Jack, we're unfortunately going to have to go to our first break on the day. And when we come back, I'm actually going to share a personal view on the soccer team and what the biggest improvement really needs to be. And it's pretty evident, in my opinion, but I don't know if it's evident in anybody else's opinion. This is the Bears beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR, stay with us. Are you busy Saturday afternoons but still want to follow your favorite Golden Bear athletic teams? Look no further than KUR. Every Saturday, join sports coordinator Josh Tu and the rest of the sports staff as they give you a live play-by-play, whether it be in Kutztown or anywhere throughout the state, or even if you are attending the game. Make sure to tune in to hear live statistics as they happen, as well as an inside perspective from our sports team. Thank you for your support of College Radio right here in Berks County. KUR Cutstown. Wildfires burn millions of acres each year. And each year, wildland firefighters like Fire Chief James Hall battle to contain them. But they can't do it alone. A single ember that escapes from a wildfire can travel more than a mile. It can ignite and destroy your home, your community, or more. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. But you can do something firefighters can't. You can act now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. You can reduce the risk. Do your part. Go to fireadapted.org. Get fire adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. This is your home for the best coverage of Golden Bear Athletics. This is the Bears beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Joshua Toot sitting right in front of me is Jack Kime. And Jack, before we move on to our field hockey discussion here, I, I want to share one more outtake from uh, this season. And, you know, I, I've been thinking on this and... You know, I, it, it, it would be different if this only happened one year. But the problem was it happened two years now in a row. So I think there needs to be some type of, of change. Now, what I mean by that is when I've, I'm just going to put it into perspective here. When, it's, when a team is struggling, like let's say, f- for example, you know, the Phillies this year, they were struggling big. When Joe Girardi was the manager. Joe Girardi gets fired. Philly's season turns around. To almost win it all. Right now in the World Series. I'm not saying that. Our coaching staff is bad. What I'm saying. Is that there needs to be some type of change. In what 
what the game plan is coming in week in and week out because obviously it didn't change or you would see multiple wins on the board. But I think that something bigger than just, you know, putting more points on the board, something like that is the only change that's going to work. I think a whole restructuring of of the team is is going to be needed. And it doesn't even have to do with the coaches. I, I, I think Eric Bernstein's a great coach. I think it has to do with the game plan that you're putting into practice week in and week out. Obviously, it hasn't been working because if it would, you would be going deeper into the playoffs or have a better year than 9-4. and four. So what my suggestion, I think, is changing your entire offense, rebranding it, and getting back to your winning ways. I think if they do that next year, then we'll be talking about a way different team. Yeah, but that's also tough because think about it. You Look, you're going to have to overhaul your game plan. You're going to have to install, instill a whole new identity into this team over the course of an offseason. You're going to have to change up your recruiting mentality because you recruit uh, players based on your scheme, based on what personnel fits what you want to try to do. Then you have to think about the excess of transfers. You know, Maybe players in this roster don't fit the new way you want to do things it's look it sounds all nice and you know bright shiny new object but look at the end of the day is look it takes a there's a lot that goes into making an overhaul system change and it's really tough to do that if you're keeping the same coach in place because they're more than likely not going to want to change what they've done uh eric burstein's had a very successful time at ku he's won a lot of games his team's been in the postseason quite often and Look, I think the only way you get a system change is if you change the coaching staff. I don't think there's any way impossible. I don't think there's any way possible that you can pitch to Coach Bursty to change his philosophy and changes changes ideology on the game and how the, how his team how he wants his team to attack uh, the game game in and game out. I think that's really tough, and I don't think that's even a possibility. So, look at the end of the day, I think if you're going to want that wholesale system change, you're going to have to change the coaching staff. And I think if if you want your plan to happen, Josh, I think Coach. Bursting's got to go according to what you want to be put in place, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's 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 just tough because I think it's something even deeper than just getting more offense going. Because you know, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, why why now two years in a row that we were we got knocked out in the first round. It just doesn't. Well, it doesn't well, this even year's make different. Sense. This year's different than last year because this year we were behind Bloomsburg and behind Westchester, and those two teams were better than we were. I mean, that's just a fact of the matter. You look at the standings. You look at every time we played them. They, you know, they were closer games, but Bloomsburg and Westchester they controlled the games against us. They were games where Bloomsburg and Westchester they controlled the game. They can. They dictated how the games were played, and that's why they came away with the wins every time we played them. So, look, you know, at the end of the day, it's different from last year because we were the one seed. We were the top dog. We were the dominant power in this division. We were the team that's like, oh, we got to go play Coast Town. They're going to be tough to beat. And then we faltered when it mattered most. So, look, last year, you know, maybe you could put it in question after that that letdown in the playoffs. But this year, I don't know if it's more of a letdown or we just lost to a better team. So, I, it's, it's tough. These are two completely different seasons. Yeah, it's just tough to wrap my head around. You know, it's it's tough. I mean, there's no other way to put it. But, Jack, let's move on to our next discussion here. And, uh, you know, this was one of the teams I was holding out some hope for. And they're, they're keeping my hopes alive here, you know. The Golden Bears field hockey team. Big wins this week. Once one against Mercyhurst. And down goes the king. East Stroudsburg goes down. And... We'll focus on the East Stroudsburg game a little bit. We're going to kind of brush over this Mercyhurst game because I want to spend a good amount of time on that East Stroudsburg game and what that did for the Golden Bears. But, 
you know, a, a nice game here. Once again, Gatehouse and Blissom with a goal. You know, Dustman and Gonzalez with the assist. And, I, I mean, I like this. You know, this is a game that I like. You know, two big goals in the first and second quarter. You know, you let up one goal to Mercyhurst in the third. You know, it, it's definitely hard to get a shutout. But, you know, I, I like this type of game. Um, we're going to review some quick team statistics, and then we're going to get one quick outtake because I want to focus some more time on uh, that East Stroudsburg game, Jack. I hope you don't mind. Absolutely. It's a great game. you got to talk about it. Two of the best teams in this in this division, in this this conference, I should say. There's no divisions uh, in field hockey. But, yeah, I mean, certainly we have to talk about that East Stroudsburg game in, in depth and in length because, you know, it was a fantastic win for this team. So let's get let's get right to it with the uh, Mercyhurst game, though. Like you mentioned, 2-1 to one win. Uh, cuts down with the win, improved to fourteen and two on the season, five and one in conference play. Look, this is a team that's been—they're peaking at the right time. They're playing dominant style of play. I mean, you look at these stats. I think the p biggest padlock stat uh, for me is that Kutztown sixteen shots, thirteen on goal in total, compared to Mercyhurst one. I mean, that's just pure dominance. I mean, that is just going out there and imposing your will on a team. Now, this game was two to one, and the lone shot on goal for Mercyhurst did go in the back of the net, so. You know, that's a little unfortunate, but at the end of the day, look, you limited your opponent to three shot attempts. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. KU 17 penalty corners to Mercyhurst 4. That just shows that they were down on the opposing side's end for pretty much a large portion of the contest. Score might only said 2-1, to one, but KU dominated this game. Yeah, that was a, this is another situation where the score where she doesn't even tell the story of the game. I mean, it really does, but the score doesn't tell the story of the game. I mean... You know, 13 shots on goal is quite impressive. That's that's a dominant fashion win on offense. You know, one scoring opportunity, one shot on goal, found the back of the net. Okay, you know, but Kutztown didn't rebound from that shot. You know, they didn't that goal did go unanswered. Um, but you know, with 13 shots on goal, I'll take that. You know, that's a that's a recipe for a win right there. That's that's what you want week in and week out. And that really led to a lot of momentum about the game, the game of the season right here, you know. And, you know, this was, this was a game that I was actually on hand for, you know. I was able to, you know, fin finally check out a field hockey game. Um, you know, we talk about it a lot, but I've never actually been to a field hockey game except this one because I knew it was so big. And, you know... Throughout like the entire match, you could see, you could feel the in the um the nervousness th running through everybody. You knew how big of a game this was before you even got there. But when you were there, it was it was so it was so intense. You know, I was even nervous, and I wasn't even playing. I could I could just imagine you know the team playing in this. But you know, Brianna Crayley pulls out a big goal at the 40 minute mark to give the Golden Bears the one goal that they need. And really, this is just a low-scoring affair, you know. Two saves for East Stroudsburg, one shot on goal for them to Kutztown's three shots on goals, you know. And Kutztown, mind you, three shots in total, all of them on goal. And one of them fine in the back of the net. That's a low-scoring affair with East Stroudsburg, six shots, one on goal. It was it was really a, a, a back-and-forth matchup. It was pretty much all defense throughout that game. And... It was a game that you liked because it kept you on your toes, and you really didn't know what was going to happen next. So you know you, you really couldn't even you couldn't even look down for probably about a couple seconds because you, you probably missed the next big play. You know, and and already down the team statistics, and and it really tells the story of the game here. You know, East Strasburg, I said six shots, one on goal to Kutztown, three shots all on goal. East Strasburg with two saves, Kutztown with one. 
Penalty corners, East Stroudsburg with four, Kutztown with five, and no fouls all the way around, and Hannah Lewis from East Stroudsburg did get a green card. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that was... I, I remember it happening, but I believe it was only t- five minutes? A green card is usually only two minutes per... Two, uh, two minutes. And yellows, yellows the five. Yes, yep. yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember which, which one it was, but um, you know, this was a game that Kutztown needed to win. There was no other option. That was probably the message going into this game. And what I liked is that how the team morale. You know, after the game, the team stormed the field. You know, this, this was a win that they needed. But on the opposite side, you could see the defeat in the East Stroudsburg because they just, the, they're the number one team. They're the king of NCAA Division II field hockey, and they got beat. Now, looking after that game, it's about how Kutztown keeps that momentum going, but for the opposite side, East Stroudsburg, you know, it's about how you rebound from this type of loss, and, you know, now you go into the PSAC playoffs. Kutztown sees Slippery Rock at Slippery Rock for the final, actually, regular season home game, and then you go to the playoffs, Um, you know, uh, site and time to be determined. It, the date is already set. That it's set for um, November fifteenth, which is a Tuesday. So, I mean, you know, as as a team, how do you prepare for now the playoffs after you beat the number one nationally ranked team? Look, this team has done a great job all year. If you look up and down the schedule, they have taken every challenge that has been thrown their way. They have responded to it, and they've been able to go out on the field and win against some of the best teams in the country. The PSAC is one of the best field hockey conferences in all of Division II. There are plenty of great teams littered in this conference. There's a reason that the uh, national champions for Division II field hockey five of the last six years have gone to a PSAC school. This is a conference that has some of the best field hockey uh, teams in all of Division Two, like I mentioned, it's been a great year for Kutztown. They're 15 and two, and with this win, they cement themselves right at the top. They are the one seed in this conference. It's four, uh, 14 and two, eight wins in a row. There's seven. Excuse me, 15 and two. I should say 15 and two. They are now eight, eight and one. I don't know. Actually, let me double check that. Sorry, seven and one, and have won eight in a row. So, look, fantastic season. It has been nothing short of miraculous what this team's been able to do. They have one more game at Slippery Rock that'll come on Sunday at 11 a.m. before they will go to the PSAC Field Hockey Championship. So, certainly interesting dynamic. Uh, this team is aligning themselves to go in as the one seed. They do play Slippery Rock like I previously mentioned. They sit second to last. They're 7-8 and eight overall, 1-6 and six in PSAC play, dropping their last two consecutively to two teams kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. But for this team... They are so hot right now. They're playing their best game and really peaking at the right time. Yeah, they're you know this is this is the moment that you live for right here. This is the moment that you know you you prepare for all season. You know you're going up against the number one nationally ranked team, and you know you almost know it's almost do or die. And it, and it, it's a tough feeling to feel, but it really is. So. I would say my final outtake on this was on the, on this game. Um, you know, it, it was a good, a great win, uh, probably the biggest win of the season. But you can always celebrate it so long. I, I I like you know, always looking at great games. You know, giving the credit where it's due. But now it's about going after the next matchup. You have Slippery Rock coming up, um, and now and then you have the PSAC playoffs. But I have a prediction, and Jack, you can hold me to this. If Kutztown wins the PSAC playoffs, they will be crowned the NCAA Division II field hockey champions this fall. 
and everybody can hold me to that. If they win the PSAC championship, they're going to go all the way and win it all. And and realistically so, I mean, they just need to beat Stroudsburg one more time. But what are some things you think you, they can do differently, in your opinion? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Do differently? Okay. I don't know. I don't really think they got to do anything differently. I mean, they've been playing so well. It's just every time they go out there, I mean, it's good defense. You look at their schedule. I mean, look at these scores. I mean, 1-0-2-1, Like, they do not allow, more often than not, two goals a game. Uh, most times you're seeing less around the 1 or 0 mark. So this team has been incredible on both sides. They shut you down defensively. And on offense, they are an opportunistic team. They cash in when the opportunities present themselves so I don't think it's doing anything differently you you've been playing so well all year uh and just keep doing what you're doing keep taking advantage of when the defense makes mistakes and keep playing that lockdown style of game and that will take you uh far and take you to great places and even maybe a championship so lot to look forward to for this team I would agree with you but I have I do have actually one small change and that would actually just be generating more offense in this type of game you know not that many shots on goal which is understandable, don't get me wrong. But if they can generate more offense, I think they'll set themselves for an even better um, style of play. So, I mean, that was, that's really the only thing I would do differently. But if, you know, it, it, a win's a win. I mean, it, it don't matter how you get it. You know, when the clock hits zero and you're up by one, that's when, you know, you had a great day's work, you got the win, that's all they're asking you to do. Um... But, I mean, if they did have more offense in this type of game, you know, it, it would be a lot easier to, you know, you know, be able to prepare yourselves for the playoffs. But I I honestly didn't mind the one goal because that really made the defense really step up and have a have a big day themselves, you know. Shut out, you know, that's that's almost unheard of, you know, especially with the number one team, you know. And like you said, every challenge that went their way, they handled it with with grace. They beat every single one. You know, they lost two games on the year one in conference. But I think that, you know, this is a situation that, you know, that it sets them up nicely for the playoffs, and it's just about how, you know, the playoff schedule is going to line up in their favor and what Kutztown – Kutztown's matchups and their process to go to the championship and make it win it all the way is going to look like and I I really do think they this is their best shot to win it all right here they everything's in their favor you know and I I, honestly I'm looking forward for a national championship here out of this team I mean I I mean you you can say I'm crazy Jack but I, I really do think they have they have the chance to win it all yeah I think they do too it's like you can't play as much better than this team's playing right now. They have everything that they want in front of them, and they just have to be able to go out there and take it. I, it's just unreal what this team has been able to do, and we'll, it's going to be so fun over the next couple of weeks to see what this team can accomplish and how far they can go. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's really set up in their favor. Um, they really got it coming to them. You know, it's it's it, it's it can't get any better than this. But, Jack... It's time for another break. And, you know, at our 40-minute mark, we always do our trivia question. So our trivia question today leading us out of our field hockey discussion, when was the last time that the field hockey won 
either a PSAC championship or an NCAA national title. When was the last time that happened? Good question. We'll answer it on the flip side of this break here on the Bears Beat. KUR has TikTok. Go follow us at KUR1670. That's KUR1670 on TikTok to see some videos of the Kutztown University radio station. We are the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Programming on KUR brought to you by the students of the Kutztown University radio. From the KUR news desk, I'm Josh Tu. Checking campus headlines, the Golden Bears outlast the Millersville Marauders this past Saturday, 20-13. After the game, I had the chance to talk to the defensive coordinator, Eric Fargo. In our interview, he mentioned an overall opinion on what he thought on the game. Oh man, it was a roller coaster. I thought the guys played really hard physically. Um, you know, we had some adversity. We, we had some costly penalties that is uncharacteristic of us. We got to check that out. But we had a great next play mentality, and uh, it just wasn't 11 guys. We were rotating guys, keeping them fresh, doing their job, and, you know, that, that, that was some adversity in the fourth quarter, and I thought they handled it well. Due to limited time, Coach Fargo wanted to mainly focus on his defensive line and his linebackers all game. Well, the good news is I think we played like I think we played like six or nine snaps in the third quarter. Our offense controlled the clock, so we were really fresh in the fourth quarter. Our D-line and backwards were fresh. They were playing fast. They were communicating. They were finishing plays. Um, I was pleased. I was pleased with the communication out there again this week. Golden Bear fans, you will be able to have one more chance to see Coach Eric Fargo's defense live at Andre Reed Stadium this next Saturday for Senior Day as they take on the Westchester Golden Rams. KUR will carry live coverage of that game with a pregame show set to start at 11.45 and kickoff at 12 o'clock. We check news hourly on KUR. This is the Bears Beat, your home for the best coverage out of the Golden Bear Athletics with news, updates, upcoming events right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR 1670 AM. Jack, before the break, we gave our trivia question out, and we asked our listeners to form maybe some sort of an answer. And Jack, when was the last time that the field hockey raised any type of trophy? What year? Tough question. Tough question. I did not do my homework. I am admitting to uh, to not knowing this answer. Oh man, it's it's a bad look for me. It is. It is a bad look for me. I am going to take a shot in the dark. I have no idea. I just hope I'm close. Okay, let's um, let's hear it. I'm going to go in more recently, uh, not more recently, but close to recently. Okay. Gut feeling, gut check. I'm thinking like 2011, 2012. 2011 or 2012. Hopefully I'm close. Well, Jack, I hate to say it, but you're not even close. Okay, yeah. Well. The answer, actually, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot for this one. Never. Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. They've they've never won yep. at all. Uh, yeah, I should have known. I should have known. That is that is on me, man. I got to know that. I got to know that. I, they, you know, they've, I am uh, sorry I, to I, the listeners I, out there. 
I it's okay. I I didn't even know it before as well. I I did not know that they've never won it. They've never hung any type of field hockey trophy in the cabinet before this year, but maybe this year might be the difference maker, but all we can do is hope and pray. Hope and pray. But Jack, let's turn to a different discussion here and you know, I, I I told you I have some good stories about the football traveling to Millersville this weekend, and now you get to hear them. So the first story when I when I got there, um, it was about an hour and fifteen minute drive from my house. So, you know, the first thing I do, I, I get checked in, get my press pass, you know, the whole deal. They they run a nice little setup there. You know, I I had to use the restroom quick. Now I got to tell you something. I th- they did not have very clear signs on their doors that said where the bathrooms are. You get where I'm going at this, right? Yes. I accidentally opened the door to the football locker room for Kutztown. And, yeah, so they, they now know me very well. Um, and I, I, I apologize. And they're like, it's okay. There's just, like, no signs on the doors. We couldn't even find where our locker room was until someone actually told us. And I'm like, no one told me where the bathrooms were either. So, <laughs> so that, so that was, that was fun. Um, next thing, uh, when, when I got there, you know, I, I thought, you know, it was, it was pretty cold on Saturday. The wind was blowing in, you know, but you know, I, I thought maybe I would be, you know, maybe in some sort of a box where they closed, you know, wind out. Nope. Just a open air press box for myself. It was let me tell you about that fourth quarter about two minutes and I was shivering. I I was so nervous I had to stand up and uh I was so nervous for that game. But uh yeah, I mean, you know, sitting next to the Kutztown coaches, uh I could hear everything. I'm not even gonna tell that story, but you know exactly what I'm talking about and we'll just leave it at that. Um <laughs> but yeah, Jack, this was a, a game that, you know, really came down to the wire and it should not have, um, not even close. Um, I, I don't understand why it did to this day. Um, but all I got to say is, is thank God for that drone cap touchdown, you know, in that second quarter to end the first half. Um, you know, Donnie Blaine needed one big play, um, and Jerome Cap down the field, 85 plus 8 equals 6. That's what I tell them, you know, in our in my interviews with them, 85 plus 8 equals 6. And once again, they come up big, you know. Uh, at the end of the first half, a touchdown that leaves Millersville with 30 seconds, and then that takes them into the half, you know. That was the ending that I was looking for. And, you know, this was a game that really should not have been all that much of a struggle, but Kutztown struggled in it. You you just heard what Eric Fargo said on, on the game. Um, but... You know, this is a game that really, I think, you know, gave them a good gut check. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the reason was that it was so much of a struggle. But, you know, they even the players were saying, you know, after the game, that Millersville's defense is is no joke. They, they are the real deal. Um, if you underestimate them, you're going to lose. Um, and... You, you know, I, I underestimated them. And I probably, if I was playing, I probably would have lost myself. But, um... You know, Jack, I want to focus on a couple of individuals, and really the only one I want to focus on, um, you know, is Jordan Davis with the touchdown, you know, only 28 yards on the day. Daryl Davis McNeil only with 96. So really the only person we can focus on is Donnie Blaine and Jerome Cap. you know, both with two touchdowns, you know. Donnie Blaine, 13 for 29, 258 yards and two touchdowns, and Jerome Cap, 
with uh, four receptions for 131 yards and two touchdowns. And he, those two were just outstanding all day long. They were on the same page, and that is the Jerome Cap and Donnie Blaine relationship that we are used to week in and week out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, these two guys have really developed a solid rapport over the course of the season, and it's just been it's been phenomenal to see what this connection is like. They always find a way to hook up for a deep play through the air, uh, and it happened again. So, you know, multiple times on Saturday. So an incredible job. We know we know Caps, Blaine's go-to guy, and Jerome's development over the past couple of years has been incredible. He's really taken massive steps forward, leaps and bounds, uh, to become a star receiver on this team. And, you know, Whenever KU needs a big play through the air, needs a big catch, big first down uh, and a passing play, you know 85 is going to get the ball. The ball is going to go towards his direction. Uh, and he does a great job of making plays. He can really, you know, make defenders miss in space with some nifty juke moves. Got a good stiff arm as well. He, and he's just a sure-handed receiver. So Jerome is an incredible player uh, and an incredible talent that we both have the absolute luxury to watch uh, every single weekend here in the fall. Yeah, he is. He's somebody that, you know, he steps up big time. Um you know, and and I I tell him every week. You know, he, he yeah. You know, ever, whenever Donnie Blaine needs a big play, he goes to you. And you know why why is that? And he simply just said the trust that we have, you know, how, that Donnie Blaine has in in our in us as receivers. You know, is is great. But he gave a lot of credit also too in our interview after that Millersville game to the offensive line and the outstanding game they had. And you know, we're, they're always I think undercredited. You know, and I try my best to give them as much credit as possible, but sometimes I do miss it myself. I have to admit, but you know they, you know they, they gave Donnie Blaine a lot of time. Only, only giving up one sack to Donnie Blaine when Robert Footman Jr. got sacked five times, and even the backup came in for one play and he got sacked. So you know, a, a great job on both the offensive line and the defensive part. You know, they read a lot of plays very well. Only giving up. You know, two touchdowns, you know, a field extra point that was missed. Um, th- this was a game that, you know, I-, I really liked to watch because it came down to the wire. And, you know, it- there is one more big storyline that we're going to talk about after this KUR notebook. Attention KU community. Join the Women's Center staff for Feminist Fridays held every other Friday from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Boxwood House. Feminist Fridays consist of fun and interactive crafts journaling, and a variety of activities with a feminist twist. Be sure to follow at Women's Center KU on Instagram for more information about Feminist Fridays. And just a heads up on that Women's Center KU Instagram, there are no spaces or no capital letters. Uh, this message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University KUR. Well, Jack, we entered the final about nine minutes of our show, and, you know, I told you about this big storyline, and... Um, I didn't even know this until you told me, um, but Amani Justice, um, you know, with probably one of the biggest hits I've ever seen, was called for targeting in the fourth quarter with two minutes left to go. Um, so I believe that does make him ineligible for the first half of this Westchester game, correct? Uh, yes, it should, uh, unfortunately. We will be missing, uh, we will be missing, uh, Amani's Monty's play, man. He's such a good player. He's such an impact player for this defense, uh, and you know, and the physical tools you know that he brings to the field, and just the, and also the leadership type style that Amani has. You know, is excuse me, wow. Um, just he's definitely going to be missed. And it's going to be interesting to see how that first half goes without him, because you know that gives Westchester kind of an advantage, especially in the run game. You know, Amani does a really good job 
coming down off the edge. He can stay in the middle of the field. He's just a great linebacker for this team. So interesting to see how KU attacks. They have good depth at the position, though, so I think they'll be able to fill in uh, for, for the first 30 minutes to be able to hold their own. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, losing Imani Justice for that first half, I, I mean, it, it, it is a big loss, but... You know, in a sense, I, I think it's great as well that it did happen. Now, here's why. Amani Justice, this is his last year. You know, we're going to get a look to see how good sense defense is going to fare up next year without him. Um, you know, and I, I really think that the defense is going to step up big time um, and make some big plays without him, or at least I hope so. But, you know, Westchester's not a team, though. I'm going to spend uh, the last couple minutes focusing on, on that game. You know, Westchester's not a team that, you know, really should be fooled you know they they've they've been outstanding all season long you know they've been a dominant force not as dominant as they were last year in my opinion but you know teams change and I think that you know Kutztown is on the same level once again as Westchester and remember last year that game came down to the wire you know a, a touchdown pass to Jerome Cat from Eric Nickel you know last year at Westchester to give Kutztown the win and you know, one of the most controversial plays of the season, you know, did Jerome Cap push off of the defender, you know? Referees say no. A lot of fans say he did. Um, so I, I really think that, you know, Westchester has a lot of revenge on their mind for this game. So what does Kutztown really need to do to pull out another win here on senior day and finish the season strong? This is a team for for KU, look, they've done a great job responding, like we've mentioned before. They started the year one and two. It wasn't great. It was, oh, excuse me, two and two. Um, and then, you know, they've rattled off five in a row. Now that's their final home game. They play their rivals, Westchester. We know what the expectation is going in. There's no love lost between these two teams. Plain and simple. They don't like each other. They want to go out there, and each of these teams, you know, you want to get the win every given Saturday, but it just means a little bit more when you do it against your rival. So, you know, KU knows it's in front of them. Uh, this is a, you know, Jim Clemens has been here for a long time. This is a very experienced group. They're a smart team. They play fast. They play strong. They do a lot of good things. And, you know, they're going to be ready. They, they will be ready on Saturday. They're going to come out. They're going to play. They're going to run the ball down your throat. That's their identity. Daryl Davis, McNeil, Jordan Davis. They will run it, run it, run it. Uh, and they will find a way to get big plays through the year to Jerome Cap. So, look, that's the recipe that this team's used all year long. There's no reason to pivot off that. There's no reason to change that. And I think KU can be very successful against Westchester on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Westchester is the real deal once again. But, you know, they did lose some big games. Looking at their schedule, they did lose some big games, you know. Looking at this Bloomsburg game, that Kutztown shut out Bloomsburg. They lost 21-16. You know, that that win to Shippensburg, could, you know, Westchester lost to Shippensburg 20-13. They beat East Stroudsburg by three, um, you know. And th this is a, a problem, you know, I, I think for Westchester because he lost these key games. But really, you know, in a rivalry like this, schedules don't matter. Past games don't matter. It's, it's, it's all about now here. Um, and, I mean, looking at, this, at the statistics for this year, I mean, you know, really just they bring a lot of, of um, key players. And it really comes through uh, Ethan Kohler, you know, the quarterback, you know, the freshman. Um, he, he's having a good season himself, you know, through game, six games played. But we might see a little bit of Jordan Cooper as well. Both of them are freshmen. So seeing a team like Kutztown's defense might be a struggle to them, you know. For Kohler, his completion rate is only 46.4% to Cooper's 52% completion rate. So I, I really think that, you know, 
if Kutstad's defense can rattle either Ethan Kohler or Jordan, or Cooper Jordan quick sooner rather than later, I think we're going to be talking about um, a a very um, you know a, a very different game than what we're focusing on right now. Yeah, look, you know, if you look at the strengths of these teams, you know Kutstan's run defense has been strong. Kutstan's defense in general has been strong too. Their rush defense and their pass defense. Westchester's offensive strength is a rushing attack. They're sixth in the PSAC in rushing yards per game with 152.8. Kutztown's defense is second in the PSAC in rushing yards allowed per game with only 68. So we're interested to see strength for strength here. Can Westchester run the ball more efficiently than Kutztown could stop it? Imani Justice missing the first half going to be critical for that. Kutztown's also strength on offense is on the ground. They're second in the conference in rush yards per game with 172. Uh, with Daryl Davis, McNeil, and Jordan Davis leading there. Westchester sits middle of the pack. They're eighth, allowing 112 rush yards per game. And it's a big area where Kutztown can exploit in this one. They can look to take advantage, and they can really run the ball down Westchester's throat, control the time, control the pace of play, run down a lot of that clock, and get into the end zone at it being efficient. I think that's going to be the recipe for KU to win this one. Pound the rock. Daryl and Jordan are going to have a busy day, uh, busy days, getting the ball a lot. They're going to have room to run, and they're going to make some noise once again this Saturday at Andre Reed. Yeah, and I mean, you know, especially with senior day, they need to make a lot of noise here. You know, this is this, you know, this is a this, this is, is it. A, this this here here it is. Cause, Your you last know, game in Andre Reed. You know, and and realistically speaking, they're not making the Division Two playoffs. They're they're not even in the top ten. Um, I when I looked the other day, at least, um, fact check me on that one. But when I looked a couple days ago, they're not even in the top ten. So the, you know, Jack, this is it. This this is it. This. This is technically your championship right here. No trophy, no medals, no nothing, no jazz, no glory. Just a, a hard-fought game between two great PSAC East teams of Westchester and Kutztown University. And, you know, I mean, th- this is a game that has a lot riding on it. Um, Jack, are you fact-checking me on that one? I am. I'm looking for it. Okay. Um, uh, but, you know, th- this is a game, you know, like we said before, you know, Kutztown needs to win. And, you know, I, I'm very grateful that I'll be on the broadcast with, uh, you know, you know myself, Jack, Jack, and, you know, a great friend of ours, Mitchell Smedley, as our sideline reporter. I, I'm, you know, I was, I had the honor to join all three of you this season, but this game even means a lot to me personally. You know, this was my fo- first full season of calling college football on radio, you know. This is it. This this is it. You know, absolutely. It's th- been a great year, like you mentioned. You are correct, Josh. We are not in the top ten right now. We fell out after last week's rankings. So look, you know, a win this week and a loss from one of these other teams could put Kutztown back in it. All hope is not lost yet. But for right now, you have to take it like this is your last game of the year. And for some of these guys, their last game at Kutztown, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a very emotional day on Saturday. Uh, not just for the players in the field and the and the parents in the stands and families, uh, family members of all these players, uh, but for us in the booth too, man. It's been a, it's been an incredible year. Um, we'll talk about that on Saturday, but it's just been such a pleasure to work with everyone involved here with KUR to oh, making absolutely. these football broadcasts possible. It's just been, and, and of course, all the listeners who make our jobs even possible because of no audience, we wouldn't even be doing what we're doing. So. Uh, it's just been an incredible opportunity that we've had put in front of us. Can't say how thankful I am for, for what we oh, are yeah. able to do here. Yeah, I'm truly blessed, I'll tell you that. Absolutely. But for this KU football game, look, it's going to be a fun fun day nonetheless. they got Westchester coming to town. The rivalry will be there. The the atmosphere will be electric, as it was just a couple weeks ago for the homecoming game against Lock Game. If you could show off for that one and make that much noise, you can make that much noise for the Westchester game as well. Well, Jack, it's been another great show with you here. 
and I can't wait for tomorrow for tomorrow's football game. K World will carry live coverage of that game with the pregame show starting at 11:45 a.m. Kickoff set for 12 o'clock. Times might change due to senior recognition, so. But we will definitely be starting at 11:45 a.m. Make sure to tune in, and if you're going to the game, take your radio with us as we give you a live play-by-play while you're watching it live from Andre Reed Stadium. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all next week.